you can't feel this pain. What I had to go through. You'll never understand. Don't try to figure it out. Here's my testimony. I've been through too much. Mm. Yes. My God. <laughs> yes. I've been through too much. Yes. <laughs> Have I got a witness out there? You've been through? Mm, he's been too good to not worship him. <laughs> Every day, brand new mercy. My God. Yeah, yeah. Not to worship. Oh, let's take that up a little higher. Oh, I've been, been. I've been too much. Well, the song is true. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know your story. I don't know your pain. Uh, but I do know that if God has brought you through, you ought to worship him right now. Amen. Amen. And I've been through too much not to give God glory, not to give God praise. So listen, the psalmist says from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, he is worthy to be praised. And uh, we're going to do just that. Give him some praise on tonight. Amen. Can I can I tell y'all? Can I tell y'all? Listen, uh, there there are there are moments, and you really only need just just moments uh, sometimes, just flashes at a time that that can really just give you the energy you need, that can really just lift uh, any burdens that you're carrying, or can give you that strength that you need to push on through. I just had one of those moments. I just had one of those moments, y'all, and and I, I'm gonna tell you what it was. What it was. I'm gonna see if I can show you, but I'm gonna tell you what it was. I was I was coming up uh, through the gym uh, to get get into my office, and and can I tell you what I saw in the gym that just blessed my spirit? 
I saw youth for Christ. Practicing. Dancing. I saw youth for Christ gathered again. I'm going to try. Let me see if I can show you just a little bit of that. You see that right there, y'all? They're, they're in the gym right there. And it absolutely blessed me to see them back. And uh, it said to me, it said to me, like I told you on Sunday, y'all, it won't be long. We're turning the corner. We're turning the corner. And I praise God uh, that with all we've been through, uh, listen, <laughs> we've been through too much not to worship him. Somebody said glory. Yeah, this, that, that just blessed my heart. Uh, I wanted to stay down there a little bit longer and just take it all in uh, to see those young people and, and those uh, those uh, young adults who are working with them just blessed my spirit. Um, and so I, I can't I can't hardly I can't hardly contain myself right now. I can't even wait to see them back in, in the sanctuary and back in the worship. But uh, what a what a blessing. What a blessing it was. Uh, uh, that just gave me a little boost, y'all. I pray it boosted your spirit because it surely boosted mine. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, let's see who we got in the room on tonight. Who's with us already? Good evening, Vicki Nunn. God bless you. Good to see you tonight. Mother Curry. Mother Curry. God bless you. We're continuing to pray for you. God is a very present help, Mother Curry. Anita Shaw is with us tonight. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Shaw. Uh, Barbara Hurd, God bless you, Sister Hurd. Good to see you on tonight as well. Clara Roberts is with us on tonight. Amen. Marilyn Langford is with us. God bless you, Sister Langford. Brother Cheatham, God bless you. Brother Cheatham is in the house. Jerome Harrington, God bless you, brother. Good to see you on tonight. Sister Green is with us. Sister Green, good to see you on tonight as well. Sister Epps is with us. God bless you, Sister Epps. Amen. Sister Faith Foster is with us tonight. God bless you, Sister Foster. Sister Bessie Osgood, amen. Is that a Dallas Cowboy? Are you a Dallas Cowboy fan? I see you, Sister Osgood. No, no, no love, no hate, no hate. We love you. Janice Mitchell, God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Mitchell. Good to see you on tonight. Sister Sanders is here, amen, on tonight. Good to see you all. Philandra Mack from uh, Texas, God bless you. Our Texas connection is with us. Good to see you on tonight as well. And listen, while you're continuing to come in, go ahead and share this with your neighbor and your friend. God bless you. Good to see all of you on tonight. Let me say hello to our Texas friends and family. Let's say hello to our family uh, in Florida who's watching, our family in Alabama who's watching. You know, K Chapel has family all over now. Uh, I said that this thing, this pandemic has done uh, a lot to us, but it also has has blessed us to be able to expand our reach and to connect with people uh, in many different ways. And so we thank God for our, our new extended families uh, in so many parts of the world. We got uh, uh, Georgia online. Uh, God bless you. Good to see our Georgia family. Good to see our Illinois family, our Indiana family. Uh, if I'm missing you and you're watching from somewhere, go ahead and let us know where you're watching from. If you're not in the Mississippi area, let us know where you are as well. Amen. Good to see our Alabama. Did I say Alabama? I said Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Illinois, Texas. I think there's someone on the, on the East Coast. Is that around? It looks like maybe North Carolina, something like that. Go ahead and let us know where you're, where you're watching us from so we can give you a shout out as well. We thank God for you. Memphis. Amen. I see Memphis is in the house. God bless you. North Carolina is in the house. God bless you. Good to see you. Michigan. All right, Michigan, show up. 
Shout out, Michigan. God bless you. Good to see you tonight. Memphis from Horace Ingram. God bless you. I told you we got family all over. Got family all over. And we thank God for you being a part uh, of, of our family as we continue to worship, grow, connect, and serve. Amen. Amen. Listen, we're going to get into the study of the word. But before we do, why don't we have a word of prayer? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day and for this time together. We thank you, God, that you are the able God, awesome God that you are. We bless you tonight for, for being with us through all that we've been through. And yes, we've been through too much not to glorify your name and not to worship you. So God, we glorify you. We worship you. We thank you. And we bless you for all the marvelous and mighty and merciful things that you bring into our lives. God, we pray now your blessings upon this study and your word. We pray, oh God, that you will continue to bless our church family, uh, that you will continue to unite us as we regather. God, that your hedge and your hand would protect us, uh, would keep us and cover us, uh, but that your word would guide us uh, in your will and in your way. Granted, oh God, in Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see we got greetings also from St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. Amen. Good to see you, Brother Harrington in St. Louis, Missouri. Amen. Wherever you, wherever you are watching from, we thank God for you. Thank God for you. Listen, so let me, um, let me kind of do a recap. Um, from our study on last week, as we um, pick up, uh, we were talking about we we're talking about sharing Christ. And I began last week's lesson uh, with a question uh, posed: the question to you about what are some of the challenges or what are some of the obstacles um, in sharing Christ with others? What are some of the challenges, things that you grapple with uh, in sharing your faith? Um, and there were a lot, lots of lots of responses to that. Lots of lots of honest uh, responses that were given. Things as you know that you talked about. You know, not just your fear uh, sometimes of the apprehension um, of sharing due to uh, the the unknown response uh, that we would get back. Um, sometimes uh, someone talked about you know going through your own struggles or going through your own issue and and not feeling confident uh, that that's the right time to share, uh, that that how can you share um, when perhaps you're going through your own struggles, you're, you're being tested, you're being tempted, um, you're, you're not uh, perhaps living the, the way that you, you want or ought to live. And so how can you be um, a good witness for, for Christ in, in those moments? So I thank you for those, uh, for those, for those, uh, heartfelt responses. Um, what I want to do, though, is 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 kind of uh, review some of what we talked about last last week um, as we looked at Jesus engaging um, th this woman at 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 this well. And we remember it's, uh, from from John chapter four. Uh, where Jesus uh, has this encounter with this woman, um, John chapter four, and we read that extended passage, verses one uh, through forty-two. 
Uh, if you haven't read it uh, over the over this last week, um, uh, I don't know what you've been doing. <laughs> uh, you, you've had a week to read that passage. Uh, but uh, we talked about we talked about this idea of of Jesus engaging in a conversation in what was um, an un, uh, unsuspected or an unlikely place, an, an unlikely place, this whale. It was unlikely because um, the text says that he must needs go through Samaria. And so Samaria is a place where uh, no respecting Jew uh, would have uh, set foot. Um, because this this was a part of the region where uh, uh, people were of mixed heritage, and and because of their mixed heritage, Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans. Samaritans had nothing to do with Jews. But Jesus crossed the border. He crossed the barrier. He crossed the line, and went to this unlikely place. And we know it was unlikely because. Uh, the person who he meets at this at this well uh, raises the issue of him being there, and not only raises the issue of him being there, but really raises the issue of him engaging in a conversation with her. Right? She asks the question, "What, what, what business uh, do you have talking to me, a Samaritan, a woman?" Um, it was unheard of. And so Jesus is in an unlikely place in Samaria. He's talking with an unsuspecting person, a, a Samaritan woman. Um, but he offers, um, he offers her this water, and he says that 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 what I'm what I'm offering you is not is not this water that you're dipping uh, from this well. Uh, but this is this is this is living water, and so he ministers to what was an unknown need. He ministers to what was an unknown need. Jesus, um, basically, you know, we we have this saying: uh, he reads her mail um, uh, when he says to her, um, you know, go and call your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And he says, right. And, um, uh, you, you know, you, you've had five and the one that you're with now is not your husband. He's reading her mail. And and it's in that moment that um, she becomes both perhaps a bit defensive, but also in an, in a, in a, in an odd way, she becomes also receptive. Because she says, I perceive you are a prophet. I perceive you, you know, if, if you can read my mail like that, then you, you, you've, got some, you've got something else working with you to let you know that about me. I haven't told you that about me, and you don't know any of my people, so I perceive you are, you are a prophet. So it's defensive, but it's also you've piqued my interest. How could you know that about me? And all of this, all of this leads to the place of, of sharing faith, 
Because I believe this. I believe this, that when we are in conversations with, with people, that God is going to open, the Holy Spirit opens doors. The Holy Spirit opens doors. And sometimes we walk through those doors and sometimes we just stay at the threshold, right? Um, but the Holy Spirit opens doors that lead to a natural kind of sharing. Um, I think sometimes, I think sometimes, and I said this last week, sometimes we are in such a hurry to get to share Christ that we don't take the time to have just natural conversation. We're so ready to share our faith and to preach and to teach that we miss the opportunity to just have natural, good conversation. And, and I believe this, that the road to effective evangelism or the road to really sharing Christ is paved with good conversation, right? Taking the time to talk to people, to listen to people, to hear people. You've heard the saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And sometimes we're so ready to show how much we know that we miss the opportunity to show how much we care. Yeah. And so real conversation is something, you know, every conversation isn't going to end with Jesus. Hello, church people. <laughs> every conversation isn't going to end with Jesus. Some conversations need to, need to just end with, you know what? A good laugh. <laughs> we had a good time today, right? Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. I think sometimes church people turn other people off because we make everything about church and everything about Jesus. And listen, I told you before, I'm your pastor, but, but I'm also a man and I have things that I enjoy. And so do you. And those, there's no need of you acting like you don't have a life outside of the church. I think Christians do a disservice to our faith when we pretend like nothing else interests us but the Bible. What good book have you read? The Bible. Yeah, I know, but what what other book have you read, Mark? <laughs> okay, but what, do you read anything yet? Do you do anything else? Right, and and so we 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 come off sometimes as 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 this holier than thou because it's it's no one can relate to you. Right, you can't talk about 
the latest movie, you can't talk about the latest song, you can't talk about the latest TikTok craze or anything like that. All, all you can talk about is Mark's gospel. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> so, so, so I said that to say every conversation doesn't have to end with Jesus. Every conversation doesn't have to end with, with, you know, the church and the Bible says, and God declares. Some conversations ought to end, you know, with, with a joke or with, or, or watch this, or, or with a story that is relatable. You know, I mean, if, let me, let me say it like this, if you're going to be authentic, now, if you're going to be fake, then stick with every conversation ending with the church. That's fine. And you know, and I'm, I know I'm throwing some people off right now, but, but um, no, there, 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 there's a time. Ecclesiastes says there's a time and a place for everything, season for everything under the sun right there's a time for it yeah and so and so what we do by by being authentic is we show ourselves to be real relevant and relatable and that our faith has a place in the realness of life that we aren't living in some fantasy land that we're living in the real world, we have real problems, we have real families that have real issues, we we tell real jokes, we 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 read books, we read magazines, we watch TV, we we are aware of what's happening in culture, and yet we have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. We have a real, authentic, passionate love relationship with God, our Father. And all of that is real. All of it is real. Amen. All of that is real. So, so, so here, here, here we, here Jesus, Jesus is, is, is is at this well and and let me say let me say let me ask this because i i talked about this unlikely place and where i ended last week was about this woman raising this objection when she says in verse 9 how is it that you a jew ask for a drink from me a woman of samaria she raises this objection that this this should not be happening right this this should not be taking place and and the objection y'all the objection was about Jesus crossing the line Jesus had crossed the line and was somewhere watch this somewhere where he had no business being i need to raise the question tonight where are the places 
that if the church showed up, it might be said, we have no business there. My God, my God, this is, this is about to get good. This is about to get good. See, because Jesus crossed the line. It was a cultural line. It was a geographical line, but it was a cultural line. It was a, it was a racial line. And, and she, she asked the question, how is it that you are asking me for a drink in this place? Not You are not supposed to be here. And I wonder, I wonder if the church showed up in some places, some unlikely places, first of all, what are those places? where if the church showed up, it would blow some people's minds. If we cross some lines, what are the lines that if the church crossed them, it would blow some people's minds? It would, watch this, it would raise some objection. The church ain't supposed to be there. Some of you might object. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. If we cross some lines, if we showed up in some places where, I mean, these unlikely places, right? And we dared to go where we needed to be. He must needs go through Samaria. If the church dared to show up where we needed to be, who would object? And I would dare say some church folk would object. But Jesus crossed the line. Yeah, yeah, I feel the sermon coming on right there. He crossed the line. And watch this, y'all. I know some church people would object because the disciples objected. Silently. Yeah, they objected silently. Let me let me let me pull up my scripture real quick. They I don't know the verse it is, but but there's a verse where it says that 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 when his disciples came back, remember, because they went and looked for food when they came back. Uh, and they saw Jesus talking to this woman. It says that 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 they didn't say anything, but but they had questions in their minds about why he was talking to her. And 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 watch this. And those are his disciples. Those are his disciples who wondered why were they there. And why had Jesus crossed this cultural gender line that was clearly in place? My God, y'all, y'all not saying anything, but but I I know I know what I'm teaching. <laughs> okay, so 
So expect there to be an objection. And I would suggest, again, that the objection might come both from without and within. Here's what I, here's what I imagine. That when the church shows up in places where needs are, first of all, you're going to get an objection from the people who are there. You're going to get an objection from the people with whom you're meeting. And don't let it throw you. Because here, here, here is, here is, here is the issue, y'all. And we just got to be honest. We just got to be honest. We got to own this as the church, as the body of Christ, is that there are places where we should have been a long time ago. There are places we should have been showing up in a long time ago. There are conversations we should have been having a long time ago. There are relationships that we should have had a long time ago in place. There are people we have forsaken for way too long. And so when we suddenly show up, don't be surprised when those people look at you funny. Look at us funny and question, why are you here now? Can, can, I, can I preach it the way I feel it? That, that's, that's, like, that's like somebody showing up at your door, right? And they, they, they have owed you money for years, right? And they suddenly show up. Y'all hadn't talked. Yeah, they've avoided you. Y'all have seen each other from a distance. And every time you see each other, they go the other way. So, so, and then suddenly they just knock on your door. And the first thing you're going to do when you look in the peephole is say, what, what are they doing here? Help me somebody. That's the first thing you're going to do. What are they doing here? And so when the church, if the church, and I'm the reason I'm the reason I'm teaching this now and, and sharing this with you now is because I believe that that church is all over the church globally and the church locally. In order for us to be the church that God has called us to be we have got to show up in some unlikely places. We have got to show up in some unlikely places. Watch this. And when we show up, anticipate the objection. Of course, of course, they're going to be, of course, they're going to object because we should have been there a long time ago. Of course, they're going to object because we should have been, we should have been cultivating relationships. We should have been ministering a long time ago. We should have been, we should have been doing these things a long time ago. So, so we got to get ready for that got to get ready for that. 
And you gotta own that, and you gotta accept that, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta watch this. You gotta take those blows because they're gonna come. Well, where have y'all been? We we've been we've been needing a church here for twenty years. Where y'all been? Right? We gotta own that. And part of part of what the church doesn't want to do is own its failures. Part of what the church does not want to do is own the fact that we should have shown up before now. We should have shown up before now. We should have been in detention centers before now. We should have been in prisons before now. We should have we should have been we should have been you know, on, on frontline issues before now. Yeah. And, and not, not just for an event, but with consistency. We, we should have been in unlikely places ministering and making impact. We, we should have been in laundromats, just, just blessing folk with free laundry. We, we should have been doing things to, to engage culture. Right. Yeah. So. So let's own it. Let's own it. Let's expect there to be some objection. But secondly, let's also expect there to be some suspicion. Right. There's going to be objection. Right. Because you should have been here before now. I object to this, but there's also going to be suspicion. And the suspicion is, what are you up to? What do you really want? What is this about? Why are you showing them that? It's the same suspicion you would have if the person who hadn't been talking to you for 20 years and owes you money shows up. You're going to be suspicious, right? Especially if they come with the money that they owe you, that they've been owing you. The suspicion is I, I, they, they must need some more money, right? And so because there will be objection and because there will be suspicion, I'm saying this because as, as Christians who are wanting to share faith and share Jesus, you're not going to be able to do that very quickly because there's too much stuff that you're going to have to wade through and walk through and watch this and build some credibility because I would dare say in many instances Christians have little credibility with culture. Christians have little credibility with culture. People people see the church. Uh, let me say it and let me say it again. People see 
the church building and people see church people going into the church building, but very few people see the church. That's what I wanted to say. People see the church building. They see church people going into the church building, but very few people see the church. And that's our fault. That's our fault. So there's going to be objection. There's going to be suspicion. Because we have not built credibility with people through our presence. <laughs> Can I push this a little bit further? But some of us have not built credibility with our living. Yeah. Some, some of us have not built credibility through our living. In other words, the reason we cannot witness is because our lives are just way too raggedy. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, people who mess up from time to time. I'm not talking about people who, who struggle with this or that, but, but you know that there's a struggle and you know that they are, are trying to get it right. I'm talking about folk who claim to be Christians and live purely raggedy lives. And you have no credibility. There's no credibility. Those are the ones who really can't share Christ. Not the ones who, who struggle to get it right. But the ones who don't even struggle anymore. They just live how they want to live and show up on Sundays. Yeah. 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 And am I am I am I helping any anybody here? So so Jesus Jesus um <laughs> Jesus does this incredible thing by going to this well unlikely place talking to this woman unsuspecting person giving to her or offering to her living water an unknown need she after all of the all of the back and forth you know and you got to read it for yourself after the objection after the hesitation after after all the things that she you know puts up as kind of red herrings and you know, worship, you, you all worship over here. We worship over here. What's the real play? You know, after she does all that, she finally has an authentic encounter. Verses 28 and 29. Um point to this authentic encounter. Let's look at it. 
verses 28 and 29. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Look at that, y'all. Now, now listen. Here's why I call this an authentic encounter that leads to both conviction and conversion. Number one, the text says she left her water pot. Don't miss that. She left her water pot, the water jar. Okay, so watch this, y'all. She comes to the well carrying this water jar to dip water from the well, to put it in the, in the, in the jar and to go back home. And she does this, of course, every day, right? That's her routine. Jesus says to her, listen, um, uh, you are dipping water from a well. If you get this living water, it will satisfy you and you will have a spring uh, bringing forth living water inside of you. And Jesus is speaking to a much deeper need than this physical water, right? Jesus is speaking to a spiritual and emotional, a relational need that this woman has that she doesn't even recognize, right? And even though she's had five husbands and living with a man now, she doesn't recognize the deficit that she has. She doesn't recognize the relational deficit in her life. Jesus points it out to her and says to her, you need living water. And after they go through enough exchange, she finally, watch this, drops the water pot. Did y'all get it? Did you get the picture of that? She's been carrying this thing, filling up day after day, trying to get right what it, it it it's a it's a it's a it's a figurative picture of a literal need she literally needs something she literally needs to live her life a different way the water pot is a picture of her constantly trying to be filled up day after day and perhaps year after year by man after man. And when she finishes talking with Jesus and, and, and is back in verse, uh, I think it's 26, back in verse 26, where he finally says uh, to her, because you know she she says, let's see, um, yeah yeah yeah, go 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 back to twenty twenty four through twenty six. Let's 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 pick that up at verse twenty four. Thank you. Um, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said, "I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us." Then Jesus declared, "I, the one speaking to you." I am he. 
So, so they go through all of this conversation. And it's only at verse 26 where, watch this, where Jesus finally offers himself. Jesus finally introduces himself. Right? And says, okay, you, you're talking about the Messiah. The, when he comes, now the door is open. And that's why I told you, you can't rush conversations. There are going to be some natural open doors, right? The Holy Spirit is going to open some doors. You can't just bulldog your way to where you're trying to get to. Let the converse, oh my God. See, because what, what you will discover, you'll be trying to rush conversation and, and you will miss the fact that people know more than you give them credit for. This was a religious woman. She understood the concept of the Christ. And, and sometimes we're so ready to preach and teach that we approach the conversation assuming that folk don't know nothing about the Lord. My God, that folk don't know anything about Christ. Folk don't know anything about the church. And here's what we miss. A lot of folk, can I just say it? Listen, a lot of people that the Holy Spirit will lead you to are not people who have never known the Lord. But there are people, watch this, who know the Lord, but who have been hurt by the church. Oh, I, 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 I know I'm right. See, and, and people, watch this, people are going to Wales trying to fill up because the church and some church people messed over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and so and so this woman has a concept of Christ. She she understands that. And Jesus was not in too big of a hurry in the conversation that he did not allow the door to open naturally for him to say I am he. All I'm saying to you is slow down and listen to people. And you might discover that people know more than what you give them credit for. That people might be where they are in their relationship with God because some religious people let them down. And maybe the conversation Maybe the conversation then takes a totally different turn because you're ready to introduce him to Jesus. And maybe the conversation is one about forgiveness. Maybe the conversation is a different one to have. 
Okay. Um, so she drops. Let me hurry up and get to the close. I'm going to finish this one today. She drops her water pots. Right? She leaves the thing that she came with. I believe this, y'all. An authentic encounter with Christ will cause you to drop some stuff you've been carrying. She dropped her water pots. The thing that, watch this, the figurative thing that represented that which she was holding on to that allowed her to be filled and refilled daily. It was a it was a figurative symbol of being on a hamster wheel that she couldn't get off of. Relationship after relationship, man after man, marriage after marriage, and she couldn't get off. But when she got into an authentic conversation and had a genuine encounter with Christ, she dropped her water pot. And then, y'all, am I the only one getting excited? And then she went, watch this. Back to town, witnessing about the man she had met. And this man wasn't a man she was trying to get into a relationship with. She said, come see a man who I believe could be the Messiah. She becomes an evangelist, a witness. She shares her testimony with others. Can I help somebody right there? See, because I'm I'm fixed, I'm finna bless your socks off. She shares her testimony, right? Watch this. While she still has a reputation. See, while, while she still, watch this, y'all. Listen, you got to imagine when she comes back into town with this testimony, come see a man. You got to imagine the eyes are rolling. Oh, she found another one. Right? But she's sharing her testimony while in the midst of this reputation that she has. And so, and so what I'm saying to you is, listen. Listen, I told you before. Don't let your struggle keep you from telling your story. Don't let your <laughs> don't let your struggle keep you from telling your story. All right. All right. So she she says come see a man. Come see a man that told me everything that I ever did. She drops a pot. Say I know 
I know, I know I'm coming and I'm saying this to you. You probably gonna look at me cross-eyed and funny and everything else. She said, but I believe I have found the Christ. Okay, here's where I want to end. This has blessed me tonight. Here's where I want to end. <laughs> um, in First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter uh nine. First Corinthians chapter nine. Verses 19 through 23. This, 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 this is where I've been trying to get to, y'all. <laughs> Believe it or not. This is where I've been trying to get to. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. This is Paul writing. For though I am free from all, I've made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. Paul in that, in that scripture, shares with us a very powerful teaching about sharing faith, about sharing Christ, about sharing our faith. And, and one of the main principles here, when you keep hearing him say, I became, I became, I became. You, you see you see Paul's willingness to show himself relatable to come into a space and find common ground I became to the Jew I became to the Gentile I became to the weak I became, to those under the law I became. And he says, I did all of that so that I might win some to Christ. Hmm. What does it mean for the church to become to become relatable to become relevant to become common to become this body of people who show up who cross lines who engage 
unsuspecting people in unlikely places who have unknown needs to become those things that we might win some, not all, to Christ. That we might win some to Christ. Three things and I'm through. If we're going to do that, it means that we must become sensitive to subcultures that we don't understand. It means that the church must become sensitive to subcultures that we do not understand. What does that mean? That, that, yeah, that, that means that we develop a heart, watch this, for people. For people. I must needs go to places, good God Almighty, and develop a sensitivity for subcultures that I don't understand. That means, watch this, I gotta educate myself, I gotta become, I gotta, I gotta learn. Hmm. Number two, it means dealing with our own prejudices and our own biases. And yeah, church people, we got our own prejudices. We can be prejudiced. We can be biased. We can we can believe that you you know what I'm talking about. If 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 we're gonna cross some lines, if if we're gonna share Christ, if we're gonna go to unlikely places, we gotta deal with our own prejudices and watch this and why we haven't been there in the first place. The biases that have kept you from crossing the line in the first place. And then thirdly, and I'm through, thirdly, we got to learn how to listen without judging. We got to learn how to listen without judging. I believe this. I believe this. There's a lot that we can learn from people if we just listen to them. Sometimes, sometimes we miss our blessing because we're too busy talking. I'm done. I'm done. Sometimes we miss our blessing because we're too busy talking. Listen and learn without judging. And in that way, we have a better chance to becoming all things to all people that we might win some to Christ. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And may he make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and give you his peace. Let's pray, beloved. Eternal God, our Father, how grateful, how thankful we are for this study and your word for the time that we've spent together. God, we pray that we would not just be hearers only, but doers of your word, that you will ignite a fire in us that allows us to cross some lines, to show up in some uns unsuspecting places, unlikely places, and having some unsuspecting conversations with unlikely people 
who have unknown needs. God, we pray that as we do that, we would not be so, so anxious to share as we are ready to hear. And in hearing that we would not only hear from them, but we would be guided by your spirit to see what open doors exist for natural conversations in the sharing of faith, the sharing of a family, the sharing of, of just experiences so that authentic encounters with you would occur. That ultimately, people would experience you. We repent now, God. We repent of being too anxious to get to church, the building. That we've forsaken passing by people and opportunities bypassing relationships and passing over conversations that we should have had, relationships that we should have built, opportunities that we should have taken. We repent. God, we pray that you would use this lesson to stir something inside of us, something new, something new that would allow us to do evangelism differently, do sharing differently, do church differently. In Jesus' name, we love you and we ask it. Believe it to be done in our Lord Jesus Christ's name. We pray, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. We will see you soon. We'll see you Sunday. Listen, in person service is Sunday, y'all. In person service is Sunday. I want you to register now. Uh, go ahead and register now. Don't let registration stop you. Uh, we're going to be making some announcements really, really soon, y'all, really, really soon uh, about moving forward uh, with our in-person worship. So stay tuned, stay tuned, but we will see you this Sunday for in-person worship. God bless you. See you soon.